Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Still to come this hour, time is ticking. I can't believe we're about to talk about, we'll talk about this again. Time is ticking on Frank White to make a decision about the future of the oh. stadiums. Yeah. A uh, couple of days from now, he's, he's got he's to gotta make a decision about that. So we'll get that uh, coming up later this hour. I have no idea why you want to do this. I asked and, and, and I'm in the dark, but, <laughs> but apparently we want to bring everybody down this hour. Absolutely. Yeah. You see, there was, well, that's, I mean, that's kind of our job, right? So, uh, no, yesterday I, I happened to be out late, uh, doing a little driving around and was listening into Dana and Parks. And since I steal all my best ideas from them anyway, um, I, I figured, you know, why not go with one more? Because I, something happened at the end of their show and I was stunned because I grew up listening to the radio. More specifically, I grew up listening to pop music on the radio. And when I was six or seven years old, I constantly had a transistor radio to my ear, and it was just always there. I was always listening. So every pop song that ever made any splash at all, I remember. I mean, Wink Starrett is probably the only person I know who can readily identify songs more oh. quickly and more easily than I can. He's a savant. Uh, yeah. He's incredible. So what what got me was, you know, there she is. And Dana's talking to Scott about this song that she heard because she just happened to press the button for the 70s channel on her radio. And this song that she heard that was so depressing and so horrible. And she couldn't believe that somebody had actually put this out because it was an entire song about dying. And I'm, th I'm th and she couldn't remember what the song was. So I'm there with them trying to figure it out. And the very first thought that popped into my head was she must be talking about Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. But how would you not know that song if, you know, because Dana and I are fairly close in age. She's a few years younger than me. But how would you not know that song if you lived through the 70s? And it turned out that was it. And, and the more clues that she gave, I was like, it's got to be Seasons in the Sun. And she's right. It's such an unbelievably depressing piece of music that how it became a pop hit is completely beyond me. So as soon as they figured it out on the air and I, you know, I texted her myself and I was like, I think you're talking about what your uh, Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. And I'll play a, a little clip just to show you what an awful song this is if you haven't heard it yet. But it blew me away that she hadn't heard it. And then my mind started to drift to, and we actually texted each other after she got off the air back and forth a little bit last night about all of the different deep, totally depressing songs that we could think of kind of, you know, trying to one up each other of, oh yeah, have you heard this one? Or have you heard this one? 
This is a little bit. I believe I've got my setup here ready to go. This is a little so bit been of tinkering around there of Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks. The whole thing is it's about he's dying and trying to deal with the fact that he's dying when all of the rest of the world is so happy and it's springtime and all of this. And it's like, you actually wrote that? What, what state of mind were you in when you wrote that awful song? What I think is interesting about that is um, how those become hits. Yes. How really sad songs like that, and, and knowing that we were going to talk, I have a lot from country that we can talk about. Oh, yeah. It, it makes more sense to me why some of the country songs become hits, because that's kind of what country is about a little bit. There's there's definitely a place for that in country radio is to have the everything's about breaking up, <laughs> you know, it's, and so right. you have a lot of those. But how those become popular and uh, yeah, I mean, the subject matter of, you know, breakup songs, that's something that's relatable. We all kind of get it, you know, because we've all had our heart broken. We've all been there. And sometimes when mm -hmm. you're in that state or when you're just kind of feeling, you know, blue anyway, then having that kind of thing that you can go back to. And, and, you know, they've all got a lot of memories tied into them and all. But the ones that are about like there was a song right around that same time. This would have been 77, 78. That was banned. It was a rock song by a, a band called Blood Rock, and it's called DOA. Now they were they were kind of in that same vein as Alice Cooper. I mean, it was it was supposed to shock you. The music that they were making was supposed to shock you. But they did this song called DOA. The entire song is about <laughs> a guy that survives a plane crash and watches his girlfriend die next to him on the ground. Wow. Right. Okay. Let me ask this question about some of these as you're as you're talking about some of these. Sometimes people don't listen to lyrics uh -huh. or understand <laughs> what the lyrics actually mean. What's the what's the yeah. semi -char semi charm kind of life that song? It sounds like an upper of a song. It's not. If you listen right. to lyrics, it's not at all what that song is about. People don't listen to lyrics. No, that's to know true. what things are really about. Well, and, and one of the worst ones, again, going back to that 1970s cheese, is there's a guy named Henry Gross who wrote and sang a song about his dog dying. The song is called Shannon. And you, you may know this one. I'll play you a little bit of the hook on this one. This is uh, Henry Gross's Shannon. It's so overwrought. The whole thing is just like, wow, you decided to write a song about your dog dying. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, if you, this is going to get tricky a little bit, uh, cause some of you were suggesting songs. I'm, I will readily admit to, I don't know songs by titles as you're suggesting songs, Colin and John will look for them and we'll try to play them, but that's, it's going to get tricky here as you try to make well, uh, some of these suggestions. Here's what's funny is that somebody on the text line hit one of mine, hit one of the ones that I actually have racked up. I I have never been able to stomach Michael Martin Murphy as as an artist, and his biggest song was about a horse dying in the snow, a song called Wildfire. From the perspective of the girl who owns the horse and realizes that her horse went out and died in a blizzard and runs through the mountains calling for the horse to come home. <laughs> Somebody says Chris Stapleton has a song about his dog Maggie dying. Yeah, okay. Okay. That sounds like something Chris Stapleton would do. Back Here's into the, the thing. country realm, yeah. Death is relatable. I mean, it's. I, I, this is where I answer my own question. I mean, I don't get how sometimes they're. It's hard to hard to imagine some of these songs on radio. I know. Like being radio hits. Right. But death is relatable for people.
Um, there was another one, a much more recent song. We can we can pull this, yank this back out of the 70s. Although, for whatever reason, the 70s were full of that stuff. One of the ones that got me, and I mean, it was one of those songs that the first time I heard it, I had to turn the radio off afterward and kind of think about it for a while, was a song called Stan by Eminem. Colin, oh, yeah. familiar with that? You, you, yeah. Okay. Oh, you know it too? Oh, and, I know it, yeah. And the entire song is about, it starts off with a fan writing letters to him, to Eminem, mm-hmm. and it just writing fan letters. And he, you know, he, he sings the fan letter or raps the fan letter or whatever, if you, if you want to be, you know, pedantic about the whole thing. And then as the song goes on, each verse gets darker and darker as he's getting no response from the idol that he's writing to. And mm-hmm. in the very last verse, he kills himself right before Eminem finds the letters from him. And it's, it's one of those that it speaks to the trappings of fame and and fandom and all of these things. It's a very, very deep song. It's one of the reasons why I first got into listening to Eminem, because I thought, OK, this guy's not just garbage. This guy mm-hmm. is writing things that actually mean something. It was a really well-written song, but it's terribly depressing. Uh, phone lines are ringing. We'll get to your calls, and, and we're watching the text line as well here. And again, we'll try to pull... We'll try to pull some of these, too. Uh, Ed has called us up at a KC. Hi, Ed. Hi, guys. Uh, I was thinking, uh, I, I, I saw your producer, and he was familiar with this song also from uh, early 70s. I'm, I'm a little bit older, but trying to stay sharp here. <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> it, it was a Elton John song, and, it, and the name of it is I think I'm going to kill myself. Yes. And and if you go through that darn lyrics, I mean, he repeats it. it it's just like the, the, the beat of the song is really, really good. But the damn lyrics are like, damn, Elton. Right. Know? It's like, Do can, can somebody give him right a now? hand? <laughs> Do we need to check on Elton and make sure he's okay? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you, you guys are great. I'll listen off the air. You got Thanks. it, man. Appreciate it. Can, boy, could we get away with a song being called that now? Could we get away with a song title like that now? Probably not. I mean, it certainly wouldn't get airplay. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if it's in the lyrics and we even get pickier about stuff like that being in lyrics and we don't care as much about radio airplay now. Hurts my heart, but true. With yeah. songs as, as we used to. But a song title like that would never, wouldn't get played. Any, I, you know, I can remember even seeing it on the album jacket going, wow, really? Yeesh. Because, mm-hmm. and he's right, it's not, it's one of those, that, like the songs we just played, like Wildfire and Shannon and all of those, it, Seasons in the Sun is a little bouncy, you know, when it gets to the chorus, but all of the rest of them sound depressing and they have depressing lyrics where, uh, you know, a lot of the other ones, uh, oh, somebody said Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. That, Cats in the Cradle is is more melancholy i think mm-hmm. than than just flat out depressing but yeah you're mm-hmm. right in in the music it's very very downbeat and it's easy to kind of get into that sort of funk while you're listening to it 913-586-7798 um okay we'll take a break here we're gonna pull a couple more of these again i i'm passing colin a few that i know i don't have any that came to mind that are about death but, but there are several I have in my mind about just about other parts of life that are really sad. Um, we'll get to some of those coming up here on KMBZ.
All right, so when I think about country sad songs that aren't about breakups, Oof. that's Darius Rucker. It's all about watching your kids grow up, like yeah. savoring the moment and watching your kids grow up. And it, yeah. it makes me cry. I don't have kids. It makes me cry every time. We've got a whole bunch of these racked up. I, I know you've got some. Jamie, do you, do you have a favorite depressing song? Do I have a favorite one? I mean, I have a playlist in Amazon Music. Sometimes you just want to hear stuff that's down. Yeah. Like you're in a mood and you just, and I have a playlist in Amazon Music for it that's got about 50 songs in it. And, and I went through and like, it just depends on the mood I'm in. Um, Tin Man by Miranda Lambert yep. is all about a breakup. It's all about why would you, the Tin Man not having a heart and that kind of stuff. I gave Colin one um, that, and I, I know Colin's got a lot of, you got a lot of stuff in front of you, but there's a Luther Vandross song that, um, and it's been redone a couple of times that having lost my dad when I did, is is definitely a downer i just have to be in the mood for it you know to, yeah to hear that kind of stuff have we, have we we'll, got it can we'll we get to it. yeah go ahead and roll it talk about the overproduced oh. part of it but it's called dance with my father and it's all about if i could just have one last dance with my father again Th yeah that same kind of melancholy that heart stringy kind of remember when mm -hmm. oh man that stuff just gets and of course i can listen to luther sing the phone book me so. too yeah me too overproduce <laughs> it all you want i'll, I'll yep. listen to it all day um <laughs> at some point we'll move on to happier stuff we've got more texts coming in than um <laughs> i'm just laughing a little bit uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll get to as many of these as we can yeah let's go to uh, do we have who's up next it looks like ed in kansas city maybe hello ed maybe oh ed's not there uh how about jose in missouri hello jose yeah jose in liberty hi hey, guys what's going uh, on i like to talk about music and uh you know, we human beings are attracted to uh, melancholic uh, songs or depressing songs, uh, happy songs, but especially uh, melancholic songs that we can relate to because we can all relate to, uh, you know, breakups and whatnot. And uh, I grew up in my teens. I listened to uh, the duo Tammy Wynette and George Jones and the kind of music that they put out. It was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, divorce was one. Uh Two-story house, um, golden ring, about a couple that uh, put a golden ring on, uh, at a pawn shop. Yep. Just saw it. Yeah. And they had both beautiful harmonies with, with their music. It was awesome. You, you don't want to mix that. I call <laughs> that music. These guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Jose. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah, he's right. I, I, boy, I don't remember the first time I ever heard D-I-V-O-R-C-E and went, you know, again, it's got that just, it's so overwrought. But, you know, there's a really, there's a sad story in the middle of that song. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Eric is next up out of Lenexa. Hey, Eric. Hello. Hey there. Um, kind of dropping back to, you had uh, brought up DOA. <laughs> yes. That's the only time I heard that song was in fifth grade, like 76, and it was a show and tell somebody brought in. I think uh, the teacher probably had a talk with him afterwards about what to bring. But <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you, you scare the daylights out of all the kids in the class. But it, it's got a real good story makeup to it. And the thing I remember is at the end, you hear sirens like an ambulance right. is showing up as he's passing away. Yep. 
Yeah, it's it. And uh, Eric, thank you. That Yeah, that was one that came up in my conversation back and forth with Dana last night. And I said, you know, because she had never heard it. It's it's not all that well-known a song, but it's one of those that don't listen to it alone. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, in addition to being yeah. depressing, it's scary. Yeah. Um, I just said to Colin, what's that ridiculous Sarah McLachlan song that's in all the PETA commercials? <laughs> yeah, the one that they, they always show it with dogs, you know, shivering They're in the all, snow. It's like the three-legged dogs, and it's like oh the, in gosh. the arms of an angel. Yeah, that one. Yes, yep. that one. And that oh. was a big radio hit. Well, and, It was and, huge. And keep in mind, I mean, one of the, at the time, the most watched episode of episodic television in history back in 1983 was the last episode of MASH. Yeah. And that song is so well known, but what's less well known is the lyrics. That song is called Suicide is Painless. Listen to this for a second. I mean, this this is just one quick little verse out of this. Bring it right that up. That song got made? <laughs> yeah. That was in the, somebody it, produced and recorded that? They, they, it was in the movie MASH with the lyrics. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it's all kinds of uplifting. <laughs> Boy, if that were produced today, you would have somebody that would take his or her own life because of that song and a lawsuit would be filed. Would Absolutely. never happen today. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And then there were all the car crash songs back in the 50s that are coming in on the text line. Let's get to, uh, it looks like Matt in Lee's Summit is up next with us. We'll see if we can squeeze another call or two in. Hey, Matt. Oh, Matt, Matt. dropped. I'm sorry about that. How about Dan and Olathe? Danny with hey. us? Hey, hear it. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, um, has anybody brought up the song that Glenn Campbell wrote after he uh, was diagnosed with uh, Alzheimer's? I think it's called um, I Won't Miss You. I w- I'm not going to miss you. Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Uh, heartrending. Absolutely heartrending. And Glenn Campbell was amazing anyway. But yeah, that song was a rough one. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, yeah it, it, have you heard that, Jamie? That's fairly I've recent. Not. Yeah, cause, Maybe I have, but I don't know it by title. Yeah, Glenn Campbell was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and was severely in the throes of it during the writing and the producing of that song, so it took him a long time to do it. It's kind of like when Zevon was doing his last album, Suffering from Mesothelioma. But the song's called I'm Not Gonna Miss You, and it's all about the fact that here are all of these people around him who are grieving for the Glenn Campbell that used to be that's no longer there, and he has no idea who they are. Um, somebody's asking who died. Why are we talking about this? We're going to move on after this coming up because I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is bringing me down a little bit. Somebody's asking why we brought up the conversation. Just cause, I mean, it was one of those things that grew out of a conversation on Dana and Parks yesterday when they were trying to remember the name of the song. And, and it just it reminded me of all these great, albeit very depressing pieces of music. Okay. Somebody just said whiskey lullaby. Oh my gosh. Yes. Alison Krauss and Brad Paisley. And the video stars Ricky Schroeder. And it's all about a service member who comes home from being on duty, comes home and catches his wife cheating on him and drinks himself to death. Oh, yeah, wow. That's, yep. Well, holy cow. I you, I've got one that we can hit the bottom of the hour with because this has also come up several times. We mentioned all the car crash songs from the 50s and early 60s. Here's a little bit of a Ray Peterson with Tell Laura I Love Her. And just listen closely to what happens in this song. Welcome in here, Dana and Parks coming up uh, a half hour from right now. Okay, two things are going to happen tomorrow uh, that I suspect we are going to hear about. We mentioned yesterday that we will get the U.S. Department of Justice report on the mass shooting in Uvalde. That'll, that's set to come out sometime tomorrow, probably in the afternoon. 
Tomorrow is also the deadline for Jackson County Executive Frank White to decide whether he is going to support putting an ordinance on the April ballot to support a sales tax for stadium funding, or he is going to veto it. So far, we've heard nothing. Um, His spokesperson told Fox 4 yesterday, the county executive will respond by the appropriate time as authorized in the county charter, and that is tomorrow. 10 days from when they approved it. How are you reading that? (laughs) Because... Uh, What's the holdup? Well, yeah, and and I mean, there seems to me to to only be one reason why you let something like this go down to the deadline. I mean, sure, you could look at it and say maybe he wants to do his due diligence and think about it as long as he possibly can before he makes his decision. I don't think so. I think this is going to be a matter of him waiting till the very last minute and then yanking the rug out from under this thing. Here's the only reason I'm okay with him. And here's some free PR advice, especially based on our conversation with Dave Helling last week. Man, John, I didn't realize how little we know until we talked to Dave. Yeah. I didn't realize how many questions there are unanswered about that tax until we talked to him. A scary amount that we don't know about that tax yet. To me, if, if Frank White wants to veto this, the, the explan- number one, he needs to give an explanation that makes sense. And the explanation needs to be, we don't know enough to put this to, it's too soon. Right. We don't have enough answers from, the, from all the parties that make those decisions about where that money's going to go for voters to make the most informed decision about it. And if that's the case, then I have no problem with that. Now, granted, my, my sentiments are on the other side of it. I don't want to see anything happen with the Royals and the Chiefs. I want to see the Royals, you, you know, playing downtown. I want to see the Chiefs at Arrowhead. That that's how I want all of this to shake out. And if this isn't approved, that's very much in danger. Even if it just means a move to the Kansas side, although that would benefit me because it would be closer to me, I still don't want to see that. I want to see it stay the the way that it's planned out right now. So if that's the case, then fine. But I think it's going to be very difficult. And I base this on. What I've read on our conversation with Helling, on conversations with Manny Abarca, on all of the the things that I've seen off of the text line, is that the view of it, if he vetoes it, is going to be he's been looking for a way to stick it back to the Royals for 20 years, and this is him doing it. Even if he's honest about it and says, I don't think we have enough information that I can support this, I don't know how many people are going to believe him. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Um, I'm okay with that, quite frankly. Um, yeah. I, and, and I'm trying to figure out the, the out for him. Because I got to tell you, I, I t- after hearing Dave, it feels like we're not going to have the answers before that vote in April. If it goes no. on the ballot, we're not going to know any of that. And you're going to have a vote that doesn't, you're going to have some people that are going to vote no, simply because they don't have the information. You have a better chance of it passing if you wait until you have all those, that information. It's the exact same thing that we did with the KCI vote. It's why Mayor Sly James said, we're going to hold this off for a year because we don't know enough yet. And he was worried it wasn't going to pass. And then he waited and it passed 75-25. I, I feel like I don't have enough. And I'm a Jackson County voter. I don't have enough information at this point to know if I should vote on it. Right. And like I said, that's that's completely valid, even though my sentiments would be kind of on the other side of it. But what I, what the difference, I guess, between the KCI situation and what we're dealing with now is that there was going to be an airport here. You know At some I mean? point. Right. Yeah. The, 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 either way, even if none of that had ever happened, we'd just be using the same, you know, trashy airport <laughs> yeah. that was there before. Sure. Um, on the other hand, you have two organizations in this that are not bound to the city by anything and for them to to be in this mix and i mean the the chiefs have already said this gets done or we're looking oh this makes me crazy so if he if if he decides he is going to veto it he needs to call a press conference to announce that decision and he needs to get the rest of the jackson county legislature on board with saying we're not going to have it in April, but I'm going to call a special election for July or I mean, whatever could, it is. Conceivably do it in November. Yeah. I mean, pick a date, get the Jackson County legislature on board with that so that you've got the support of the county. So it's a united front and you get the interested part. This is a lot to do before tomorrow. I realize get the interested parties together and say, and here's the plan for how we're all going to get these answers together within two months before that vote so that people have two months to ask questions. Yeah. And putting it on, I mean, there, there were already people who were saying, okay, you don't want to have this vote in April anyway, because turnout's going to be too low. You're not yeah. going to get a representative sample. You might as well do it and put it on the November ballot when everybody, because it's presidential election, it's going to be right. the highest voter turnout of, of any election that you're going to have during this cycle. So why not go ahead and do that? But you're going to have to convince the Royals and the Chiefs to be able to hold off for another nine months. And I don't think they're going to want to do that. The way you convince them to do it is you convince them you're more likely It'll to have it pass if if yeah. you wait, and you and, and you you convince them of that. And that's depending on them caring about that, because especially as concerns the Chiefs, I, I don't know as much about as concerns the Royals, but especially as concerns the Chiefs because they've got Kansas waiting to throw money at them, waiting. Yeah, it's a question of do they need the money. Right. Out of the three, or, or is Kansas really offering them enough to go to the Kansas side? But again, it doesn't, it, it depends on what's going to matter the most. It doesn't make any sense to put it out by the legends. It doesn't make it, that is not a downtown stadium. 
then you're just moving the stadium to move the stadium. You have right. the opposite problem then. You're just going in a different direction. There's more out there, but it's still opposite side of, of the metro. That doesn't make sense. Um, man, I... Oh. Any prediction right? <laughs> on what he's going to do? Yeah, I, I think he's going to veto it. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to have a plan B when he does it. But my gut right now, and and I mean that's all this is based on. By the way, I, I'm not basing this on any inside information or anything like that. This is only my gut and my gut alone. But my gut tells me he's going to veto it. I don't have a feeling about this um, because I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and I don't, in part because I get why he would agree to put it on the ballot just to get things going and get a vote. Yep. And personally, I think I don't want it on the ballot. I, boy, I, I personally, I think I don't, there's no way we're going to get the answers by April. There's no way the 15 interested parties here are going to get together with information that's going to be accurate and yeah. that's going to stay that way. Yeah, the one thing I wish I knew more about him personally than I do. I've never met Frank White. I mean, I've never talked to Frank White. I, so I have no feeling for how he makes decisions like this. That's all going to depend on is he because in my time here, which short as it may be, um, this is the only time I've heard his name mentioned in connection to the stadium deal. Granted, the county executive does a lot, but this is the only time that I've heard, and he's taken a black eye over this. There have been people who are very upset with him with the way that he's handled this, and if he's the type to take that and say, fine, you're going to drag my name through the mud, here, here's what you get in return, then he's definitely going to veto it because he would be angry at people for doing that. But I don't know if that's how he does business. I have, like I said, I have no feel for him. If I knew more about that, I'd, I'd be more solid. But right now, my gut's 5149 that he's going to say no. You're right. I, I think I've met him one time. I know what I hear. I don't know what's accurate. I just know, um, you know, how he got that job and what people think of him. And I'm watching, you know, the Jackson County assessment mess still and at the end of the day, he's the leader. I, yeah. I, I put a lot of this on him by being the Jackson County executive. Right. And by the way, don't go making any bets on what my gut says. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because you know, like I said, there really is nothing, nothing more to it than that. But uh, yeah, uh, would I be shocked if he came out and said, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and let this go through and let the vote happen? No, but I don't know. I just I have a bad feeling because. Because he has not yet said anything. And maybe that's what's driving my gut more than anything right now is that he's been so quiet about this that if you're in support of something or if you're even leaning towards supporting something, you kind of let that slip. If you have feelings, 913 586 feel free to get in here with. I, I'm just happy, John, that we're going to have movement tomorrow one way or another. Yeah. That at some at point there's going to be a development in this somehow. Right. So feel free to get in here. We'll be back to wrap the show next on KMBZ. So many stories to get to today. <laughs> we'll have a bunch of stuff that we're going to kick to tomorrow. <laughs> I have to tell you, John, really fast. The story that you just sent, Colin and I, we're, we're on quite the little roller coaster here with this story out of Kentucky. <laughs> I was like, wow, that 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 happened fast. Yeah, uh, somebody made a little bit of a mistake. Um, there was a representative in Kentucky who decided to file a bill that amended, his name is Nick Wilson, and it amended the laws that govern sexual contact. And according to his version of events, 
accidentally put a proviso in the law that would make it legal for first cousins in Kentucky to have sex with each other. We probably should have given you an adult content warning before we did that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, way to live up to absolutely every stereotype, Kentucky. Nice going. But it's now been withdrawn. And according to the folks at Raw Story, Representative Nick Wilson has withdrawn the bill and says he will refile, explaining that removing cousins had been an inadvertent change and that he had intended to update the existing law to add sexual contact with a minor to the statute, which currently only mentions intercourse. So he said he had not intended to legalize relationships between first cousins. That was just a mistake. Sure. Well, thank God. Thank, that, I mean, okay. Thank, thank goodness. Somebody got to him. His, uh-huh. his PR person got to him and said, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to put this statement out right now. Uh-huh. Or I quit. Wow. Okay. Um, some audio that uh, has been sitting, sitting on our sheet here for a couple of days. Um, I never knew how many people I know on Twitter and on social media that follow this one TikTok and YouTube account until a video was posted and the number of reactions that I saw from people I know in Kansas City just went nuts. So I follow it on TikTok. I think he's on YouTube and Instagram too, but it's a it's an account called Chef Reactions. He is a curmudgeon-y, kind of sassy, says things that we had to bleep out to play this on the air, but people will send him cooking videos that are either really bad and he will go off and criticize how, like Gordon Ramsay style, how bad yeah. they are. And sometimes he brings in some good ones too, which which is good because then they're they're genuinely good. He gets TikTok frequently shuts down his account because he gets he gets too mouthy Wordy. and and yeah. too too critical of these sometimes. But he posted one. It's like six or seven minutes long. We're only going to play you the first minute here. This is the one that he posted. I mean, I saw it ten minutes after it was posted. I tweet. Everybody was going off about it. You're going to find out why immediately. I learned this in Kansas City. I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Baked beans on each side. Just like that. Okay. And with a brush, we're just going to spread that out. Why a brush? Of all the things. This is looking great. She's got ribs down on a platter. Just going to coat this in some Old Bay. Old Bay. Okay. Pat that in. And now we're going to start with some barbecue sauce. You're going to do one line. Just the one? Right down the center. Um. We're going to add a cup of applesauce. A literal cup. Like, you just had surgery at the hospital. Holy um, no mustard water? Ah, mustard fart, though. That's good. Can't have one. Got to have the other. Um, this is the worst thing to come out of Kansas City since Baron Corbin. Ranch. Ranch dressing. Wow. And now using this brush... We're just going to mix all of these sauces together right on top of the ribs. Why wouldn't you just And this is going to form our marinade. Just mix them all together. <sighs> this is going to come out so good. Because this is going to come out the same color that it's going in. It gets way worse. <laughs> all right. There's a lot so of this we can't play. We should explain. The first thing that she was dr- drizzling all over both sides of that entire rack of ribs, which was on a, like a cookie sheet with, with uh, aluminum foil. foil underneath it, mm-hmm. was baked beans. Yeah, out of the jar, she there. just pours them around. And when she said Old Bay, oh, Lord, why? What are you doing? Old Bay on Old Bay is seafood seasoning. Mm-hmm. And you're That's putting it on Kansas ribs? City. 
what's the matter with you? And she said she learned all of that in Kansas City. I don't know who here would have ever taught her that. No. That's how it started, and that's how it's labeled, and that's why it got everybody's <laughs> attention. It's the first thing he said. You learned this in Kansas City. Um, yeah, over the top, it was the barbecue sauce, the ranch, the yellow mustard and he talks oh. about the mustard water, which is what comes out if you don't shake your bottle well enough. Yeah. And the cup of applesauce she had is literally like we put in a kid's lunchbox. <laughs> just the little plastic cup. It's not measured. It's not a cup measured. It's no, right. it's just, yeah, whatever. And then oh. she swirls it all together and swirls it all around and bakes it and claims it's amazing. And what he always does at the end is he gives it a score out of 10 and whether he would or would not eat it. And it's, it's rare that he gives it like a lot of times he'll say that's gross and disgusting one out of 10, but okay, yeah. I'd try it. And I think he gave this one a one out of 10. It looked okay when she pulled it out of the oven, but people in Kansas city have lost their minds about this as well. We should, I mean, that's an abomination. That's horrible. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to even put together in my head what the flavor profile between tomato sauce and the baked beans, yellow mustard, Old Bay, ranch yeah. dressing, applesauce. Oh, no. <laughs> what kind of drunken experience <laughs> did, came came out of that? Um, anyway, he's chef reactions and he's just he's just funny. Again, he does some really good stuff, too. It's not all uh, it's not all bad, but yeah. Um, but that was definitely one that that got our attention. So Oof. let's talk about this guy, this kid out of Maryland here real quick. Um, so it is an experience that you pay a lot of money for to go and go underwater or go in a cage and you are in the cage and you attract sharks like they feed them and attract sharks so that you can get up close to them. It's a big thing off the coast of South Africa. I have no interest in doing this. No, no. None and whatsoever. It, and what they had happen, yeah, this kid from Maryland was on vacation with his family in the Bahamas, and they went to a resort where they where they do a similar thing. And as I understand it, they were in a tank. Yeah. So it, it's it's like the swim with the dolphins thing, mm -hmm. which, which by the way, has also had its foibles over the years. Dolphins are, you know, can be extremely aggressive, but... I mean, they're not sharks. So they said, oh, yeah, well, you know, everybody can get in this tank and swim with the sharks. And a 10-year-old kid did and was attacked by one of the sharks. Who saw that coming? How much paperwork do you have to sign wow. before you go and agree to do this? I don't have the stats in front of me on how many times this has failed. But I'm certain there have been times where the shark has attacked. You're putting a lot of faith in that tank or in that in that cage. And the strength yeah. of those bars. You know, we always wonder, like you go to the aquarium here and they have the tank mm -hmm. that's got the sharks swimming around in it. And it's got a bunch of other fish and rays and things like that. And you wonder, okay, how do the sharks not just eat everything in that tank? You know, and the way that they make sure that doesn't happen is they feed those sharks very, very well, which I'm sure is the same thing they tried to do here. But it's still a shark, and that's a 10-year-old boy. That's not even a grown human that it probably wouldn't normally attack. That's a little kid. Bit him in the leg. So if it was a tank, it was open somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. A, this was uh, Paradise Island, uh, for those that know the area. That's uh, a he big was resort. Yeah. Currently in stable condition. Bitten in the right leg by the shark. Okay, so that kid's never going to go in the water again. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, I wouldn't either if I were him. I'm, yeah, I was looking through some of the different versions of the article to see if any of them mentioned what kind of shark it was, and I haven't found it yet. But I guess if you're that kid, it really doesn't matter. It was the big gray thing that took a chunk <laughs> out of your leg. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, thanks to uh, everybody for joining us today. We'll turn this over to Dana Parks and be back tomorrow here on KMBZ. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.